Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Chris Talks Games. I'm Chris, and as always, I'm here to talk about some games with you. And yeah, interesting topic today. Um, hopefully, it's one that you can get behind. Um, but yeah, first off, we're going to start with some news. Okay, guys, so news. Um, first up is obviously the day of the time of recording is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet release day. Um, as usual with Pokemon games, the embargo for reviews were not quite late. Um, and there was a bit of concern about how they would score. Um, just because I think people thought it was a bit later than they no- normally leave it. And um, there were some concerns about the performance and stuff like that. Um, but yes, um, Scarlet and Violet's review scores came out yesterday. Yesterday at the time of recording, and it is about 77 on Metacritic at the moment. Um, a lot of people seem to really like the games, but there are some people who are uh, market down for the performance of the game. Some people are saying that it's a bit too kind of patchy in frame rate drops. Um, and there's not like a well-running game compared to other games on the Switch, which is quite interesting to... To see, but a lot of people are liking the open world approach, even though I think that's another thing people said they think the open world could do is a bit of work. Um, so I've only played a little bit of the game, so I can't really comment so far because I'm not really explored too much of the world or experienced a lot of the issues that people have been talking about. Um, but yeah, uh, a lot of people are kind of enjoying what they've played of it and. The way they're going with the Pokemon games, and I think it's a good base for to to build on. Um, I'm not sure if Pokemon Company and Game Freak might need to look at their game engine and look at spending time improving it to make sure games run a bit smooth or not. Um, yeah, that is where it's standing Metacritic wise. Uh, be interesting to see once more reviews come in how it ends up stacking up in terms of score. Um, yeah, for what it's worth, I've enjoyed what I've played of it so far. Um, I've got a gameplay video up going up on YouTube today, so yes, uh, make sure you check that out if you can. Um, now on to the next bit of news. Um, the Game Awards nominees have been announced. Obviously, the um, Game Awards is a fairly big deal. Um, they do have their Game of the Year nomination, which is kind of considered the the kind of definitive award um, and they have got a lot of um, a lot of things have been quite controversial so the nominees and sometimes winners in the past but they do normally have a pretty solid handle on what is nominated and what um, what wins so the uh, six nominees for game of the year this year are 
quite an interesting mix actually. Uh, there's Elden Ring, God of War Ragnarok, which again has only just come out. Uh, Horizon Forbidden West, Stray, which is the kind of indie game that's made a made a list this year. Um, a Plague Tale Requiem, and Xenoblade Chronicles Three. Uh, for me, I'm really happy to see Xenoblade Chronicles 3 get the nod here. Um, it is one of those things where sometimes RPGs, especially JRPGs, sometimes get overlooked a bit. Um, I think the last one to really get a look in was Persona 5 back in uh, the 2017 awards, but obviously that was up against Mario Odyssey, um, Legends of Breath of the Wild, the original... Horizon game, um, Horizon Zero Dawn. So yeah, it, um, it has been a little while since the JRPG, or like a big JRPG has had an odd on this, so it'll be interesting to see how it does do. I am kind of thinking, especially going by the review scores, uh, it might be Elden Ring or potentially God of War Ragnarok. Um, God of War Ragnarok might get votes because it's the big fresh new game that's out and scoring really highly but Elden Ring has been crushing it the whole year I think um still very highly rated and um it's a stand up for a lot of people if you think about people's thoughts about the um category um they're the two games that people are kind of pegging a lot of people are expecting Elden Ring to walk away with it um it's quite awesome seeing Banner 3 get a nod for best action game I think it would potentially have a good chance there, especially in terms of action and combat systems and stuff like that. I think Bayonetta 3 does have a awesome chance of getting an award. Um, we could find that it could be just getting the nomination. But yeah, um, some interesting nominations there. Nintendo didn't score very highly in the number of nominations, and I am concerned a little bit about um, whether Xenoblade will get anything. It is also nominated in Best RPG, but I think Elden Ring is in the same category, so whether Elden Ring gets Best RPG and God of War gets Best um, Game of the Year kind of thing, or whether Elden Ring gets both categories. Um, be interesting to see, I think. Um... But I really would like to see Zenbay Chronicles 3 walk away with something. I think that would be well deserved for the game. Especially Monoliths off, off, because they have done a fantastic job with um, the games. Um, but yeah, that kind of wraps up my news for this this week. Uh, there's not a great deal of news. Um, so let's crack on to the main part of the show. <laughs> Okay, so main part of the show is this week going to be focused on open world games and is it a good move? Um, the open world is a thing that a lot of games are striving towards at the moment. Uh, most notably, the big recent classic franchises that have taken the open world approach are Sonic and the Pokemon series. Um, they are both dipping their feet properly into open world territory. Um, and it's one of those things, like, a lot of game series have done it before, and with differing levels of success, I think. So I want to try and look and think, 
is um is it a good move and is open world definitely the way forward or is linear more kind of compact games preferable um these are good arguments for both i think um yeah, so we'll talk through some of the game series that have made the move and whether I think it's worked. Um, I think the biggest one of, kind of the last five years was probably Legend of Zelda. The Legend of Zelda um, franchise has gone from a kind of sandbox kind of world to full open world quite successfully. Uh, Breath of the Wild was a complete reinvention of the franchise completely redid how a lot of the game worked um scrapped the linear path of different um different dungeons in a set order you that you go and do what you wanted when you wanted um it's a very interesting concept very interesting um way of doing it and i think it did work fairly well um because everyone had the same the same story eventually but depending how much you looked into looking for the memories and all that kind of stuff depended on how much you actually um ended up getting the full story so everyone had their own kind of adventure with the game which is interesting <clears throat> i know there are people who can try and speed run it in like half hour 45 minutes um which is insane, or you've got people who spend absolutely hundreds of hours before they get to the boss, so, or the final boss, so, yeah, I think Breath of the Wild definitely was a success story in terms of moving to open world, and that's only made the hype for uh, Tears of the Kingdom, the, the sequel, even more um, exciting and hyped, because um, expanding on the world they built, And with the expanded world, it means more places to explore. Um, so yeah, I think Zelda definitely made the right move moving towards an open world um, setting. And I think Tears of the Kingdom will be one to look out for next year. Um, I think a lot of people were expecting it to win, most anticipated for next year. There is some tough competition, so it's not a slam dunk for next year. The Game Awards, most anticipated game of 2023, but um, I think it's definitely got a shot of being being named that. Um, to some degree, the Mario series has also got open world. Um, if you think about games like Mario Odyssey, it's very kind of sandbox, so okay, the kind of worlds don't all kind of link in together. It, precisely so you don't go from one region to another seamlessly like you do have the odyssey to travel in to move around to, between the different worlds but once you do get to that kind of next kingdom or the kingdom you're traveling to it, you are completely free to run around and do what you like so i think sandbox and open world are kind of interchangeable phrases sandbox is that you go and do what you want but it's like not lim not an unlimited kind of more expansive map potentially. Um, 
But the Mario Odyssey as well kind of showed how well it worked. So I've been doing it a while because Mario 64 kind of kick-started it a bit. And then Mario Sunshine also um, kind of almost carried on. Uh, Mario Sunshine obviously didn't have the sandbox element to the levels, whereas um, Odyssey went full on. You could go and do whatever you wanted. Uh, it didn't stop um, after you got one uh, star or moon. Um yeah, that you did carry on until you kind of completed all your objectives or got enough to move on to the next area. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of you could do as much as much or as little as you wanted in the um, kingdoms in Mario Odyssey. So I think that kind of is open world. Like you don't have to do everything. You don't have to do certain tasks. Um, you could have managed to get through. Most of the game without doing all the key kind of storyline tasks, I think. So as you got enough moons to progress the story. That's all that mattered, really. Um, next game that has kind of gone quite open well, and that is even from the first game, is the Xenoblade Saga. Um, especially with the Chronicles games, they have really kind of expanded the maps and got bigger and better. Um, I think Xenoblade Chronicles X was the first kind of set towards open world that one particularly could choose your own missions and stories um, whereas the Xenoblade Chronicles 1, 2 and 3 are a bit more um, linear is not the right word because you have got your story objectives but you can just run around doing what you want um on your way to those objectives, and they have got massive, expansive worlds that do kind of, or areas that do blend into each other. So I think the Xenoblade Chronicles series has steadily progressed its open worldness, and I think it is kind of really impressive what they managed to do. Um, I do kind of really enjoy what they've done with the saga and the all that series. Um, I really do need to get stuck into more Xenoblade Chronicles 3 because I absolutely do love the characters and what they've done um, done already. Um, next up is the Sonic series. Obviously Sonic Frontiers came out this month uh, very recently and that has also made a big step towards open world. They've got the open zone areas. Um, which isn't quite an open world, but I think very much like the Mario series and sandboxes. The um, open zones are the large islands that you visit in the Starfall, in the Starfall Isles. Um, and they are actually massive. You can literally do whatever the hell you want. You can run around, you can mess around. There's lots of exploration to do. Um, I think for me, it is a good move for Sonic. Um yeah, I know there are some kind of issues with a lot of popping and kind of smoothing some of the bits out. Um, but I think it adds a whole new level of exploration. You can run around, do what you want. Um, yeah, it's kind of linear. You do need to kind of find the 
the portals and unlock the vault keys to get the Chaos Emeralds and then go and face the Titan at the end of the island. So it does have a kind of cycle you have to do, um, which is fair enough. It is pretty cool. Um, but it's whether it will get repetitive. I am on just on the second island at the moment, so I have got um, to experience more and find out what exactly I'm doing um, and whether it does get repetitive going on to island. Um, but there's lots of differences between the islands, so that should hopefully all be different and interesting. Um, I think just adds that extra level onto the Sonic formula. Um, I've had fun just literally spent half an hour running around just exploring, seeing where different grind rails took me, different spring pads, um, trying to find things and unlock things. Um, so yeah, I think with the Sonic series, it is a definite um, right direction to go. And I think they will carry on building on it and as it, Going forward, they will have the manage to improve it. Um, uh, one series that has had a bit of an open world um, move is the Metal Gear Solid one, which one I didn't actually realise is just when I was talking for ideas for the show, it's got brought to my attention that um, Metal Gear Solid 5 is actually kind of pretty open world. You can go and go around the world, do what you want kind of thing. You can tackle things in the wrong order, even though you probably won't be very successful and it's not recommended. Um, yeah, I've got that ability to go there and do things however you want to. Um, I think Solid like Metal Gear Solid is good to have that open worldness. It does add a little kind of air there to what you can do and makes it more fun. Obviously, where it's very story-driven, potentially, it could kind of... Um, interfere the story a bit, so it's whether they can get a balance between the open world and the story, um, where there's a lot of side quests you do, but you can't progress certain things until you've done things in the right order, potentially. Um, something you can work around, but hopefully they do manage to keep that going. I know Metal Gear Solid series is a bit in limbo at the moment, because uh, obviously Kojima has left Konami. Uh, it wasn't a particularly... Friendly parting by what all accounts. Um, and it's kind of taking a bit of a back seat. They did do Metal Gear Survive, which was like an online thing which didn't do very well and was pretty poorly rated. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if there are plans for more Metal Gear in the future or imminent future anyway, and whether they would stick with the open world formula after Metal Gear Solid 5. Um, I guess a lot of that was waiting to see, I think. Next up is quite an interesting one because it is a racing game, and that is the Forza Horizon series. It always it was kind of open world, you get to drive across a big huge map and explore and do and find stuff. But from like Forza Horizon 3 onwards, which Forza Horizon 3, I'm sorry to say I didn't really gel with. I know a lot of people it's one of their favourites. But for me, I just didn't... Going from Forza Horizon 2, which I thought was pretty much perfect, and then switched to Forza Horizon 3, and it kind of lost me a bit. I'm not entirely sure why. Um, 
But yeah, it didn't really fit for me. But then I found that Forza Horizon 4 and 5 pull me back in. Um, I think it's more because I knew what to expect. Um, but I think it's just. I didn't. I think with Forza Horizon 2, I liked where you had to go, okay, you're going from this area to this area. So I like the kind of linearity to it. Um, yeah, so it's kind of interesting to see what causal mindsets change. But I think the three of Australia, where you recording the shots and setting things up, this guy didn't feel right, but I liked like the point A to B, like this is where your next set of events are. Um, I think four kind of pulled it in a bit, and especially five, where you could choose what you did next, but you didn't. You weren't setting up all the events from scratch, kind of thing. Um, I don't know if it's just the map was more appealing to me as well. Um, yeah, but for some reason, four was on three just didn't gel with me, but I'm not sure why. Um, which is the unfortunate thing. Um, but yeah, I think the implementation of the open worlds in the Forza Horizon games is absolutely amazing. Um, especially with Forza Horizon 5 and the changes in the different terrain, um, different kinds of weather, different kinds of environments. Um, I think I've handled it really well. And there's a sense of exploration and discovery and how this all blends together is just done really well i think it's kind of second to none in a racing game um so yeah very much a big fan of forza horizons open worlds um and how well they are kind of implementing them and obviously the big one is pokemon uh obviously very fresh in people's minds because pokemon Scarlet and violet has just launched and it is the first full-on um, open-world game. Um, to be fair, I think the game does kind of hold your hands for the first few hours because it has to get you to the school and stuff like that. So I think once you get through that, it opens up massively, but you just have to get to that point and um, experience that first. Um, looking through the map of Paldea, the new region, it is absolutely humongous. Um Maps is that work really well. Um, the fact that you get the legendary, which isn't a spoiler because it is kind of showing all the trailers, we do get legendary fairy early on in the game. So um, that does open up a lot of travel um, options for you and speeds up the travel around the map, which is pretty cool. Um, I think. I like the wild areas in Pokemon Sword and Shield, which were the kind of the start to the open world Pokemon. Then Pokemon Legends Arceus came along in January, which again wasn't quite open world. It was huge, expensive areas where you could go and explore and do what you wanted. Um, so it's near enough open open world to me. Um, yeah, Scarlet and Violet does take it all, and you can do whatever you want in the order you want so yeah very much something to um to see how it works out i think it is a good move going forward however from the time i spent with pokemon violet so far i think there are a few things that could kind of work on and tweak uh for me i think 
Now the performance, yeah, is not deal breaking for me. I can play through it, but it does seem a little bit laggy or slow in places. Um, the frame rate obviously dips, which is a bit of a shame. Um, so I do think the Pokemon Company and Game Freak do need to review their kind of game engine. They kind of like, see there's a way they can smooth it out so it works a bit better on the Switch. Um, so I think it'd be great to see it running a bit smoother, whether they do like an update or a patch, which smooths it out a bit. Because I know they can do stuff like that. I know Arc Combat Evolved, which came out completely broken on the Switch. They have made a lot of fixes and patches and it does seem to work a lot better now. So I think it is something that they can work towards and hopefully look to fix. Um, especially as that's one of the people's most complaints about the games at the moment. Um, but it's just like the open world, I've not seen enough of it to be able to do full comment on it, but I know some people say it does feel a bit kind of sparse and there's some bits where the camera does something weird and it'll kind of split the screen in half, so like it'll be like just half blue water and then the top half will be where you're actually standing on top of a hill. Um, that's just something I noticed when I was filming my gameplay earlier. Um, so I think the open world approach for Pokemon is going to work really well, but I think they just need to nail down how it works and um, just kind of be more rare of camera angles and potential issues they might have with like how the game looks and runs. Um, it's a bit of a shame, but definitely, I think, a good use of open world. Um, like I say, I am still very uh, like quite early in the game, so I'm very excited to get stuck in and see exactly what um, the game has to offer. So, so yes, very much looking forward to carrying on with that and exploring this open world. Um, but guys, if there's any open worlds that you think or any series that have gone from like a straightforward to an open world kind of setting or kind of environment just let me know below or let me know in the comments and on twitter and stuff like that um what games series do you think have worked really well since they've gone on to open worlds and if so if do you think a series has got open world they shouldn't have done um i think open world for me is a bit divisive because I do sometimes prefer that linear gameplay where you're going from A to B to C because I don't get as much time as I used to just sit and play games, unfortunately, which is a big shame. Um, comes with growing up and being an adult, unfortunately, I think. Um, but yeah, I do really enjoy some linear, some linearity to the games, I think, because that way you can just get through the game, see everything or see like the main story at least um but i do get the appeal of open worlds you can just literally go around explore do what you want have fun with it um so yeah it is kind of a tough dilemma of like whether i think it's a good thing or not um it's just because it does sometimes make games take so that much longer to complete or play through um but in the examples of Sonic, it did reinvigorate the series. It made the franchise interesting. Um, lots of interesting, like, 
um, platforming mechanics brought in. Um, so yeah, I am very excited to see how certain franchises continue forward in open world settings. Uh, Pokemon and Sonic, I think, have got fantastic potential. Can't wait to see Breath of the Wild 2 or like, Tears of the Kingdom as it now is. Um, and see how they've taken that open world and kind of pushed it to the next level as well. Um, and I said before, it's Horizon, where it's just racing, and it's just added that kind of open world mechanic to that and made it really interesting, really unique, and really cool. So, so yeah, definitely a few game series there, which are ones to kind of think about when you think about open world games. Um I do think it is something that it, we are going to see more of. Um, it's just like where you can just do what you want and see what you want. And I think it is kind of nice. It does sometimes make side quests optional and stuff like that. So if you do just want to do the campaign or story mode, you can just do that. Um, so that is one good thing that you can do um but open worlds are less good if it makes you traipse all over it left to right to do stuff and it doesn't really do much to drive the story forward it's just kind of wasting time and getting more kind of play time in um so no some companies do go for like the play time hours and things like that and like getting people engaged engagement times and online um hours and stuff like that so so yeah it is interesting to see where companies are taking this um and yeah like i say please let me know your thoughts about the open world phenomena is it something that you enjoy or is it something that you kind of wish i hadn't really started doing um i think for it to work you need to have a good game engine that can deal with the open world i know a lot of the full uh, recent Fallout games and Skyrim games have had issues um, and people expect them to be buggy when they first come out which you shouldn't really expect from a game um, but the same has kind of happened with Pokemon Sword and Shield uh, not Sword and Shield, uh, Scarlet and Violet so hopefully they can work out a fix for the performance issues that they're having um, but yes um let me know any other franchises you think I missed after this. I know there are probably several that I have not mentioned. I know Assassin's Creed is probably quite open world now. Um, but it's just kind of seeing what franchises people are thinking work well for the open world um, approach. Anyway, so going to talk through some other games we've been playing. I've been playing quite a few. So Animal Crossing, Tetris 99, uh, Sight Frontiers, I've did literally line up almost doing three hour game head video because I was kind of lost track of time of how long I was playing. Had a lot of fun with it though. Um, obviously, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet have died into today. Um, Banish 3 I've done a bit more of. I'm actually loving the story and how they're opening up like a Bayoverse, like a multiverse, which is really cool. Um, a little bit of Mario Rabbit Sparks of Hope. I do need to get stuck into that game. Um, obviously, the time of year it is, games are getting crazy in terms of releases. Um, to be fair, I'm not sure if I've got any more releases to get 
at the moment until after we kind of get after Christmas now. I think Pokemon Scarlet and Violet was the last kind of game pick up of the year for me. So I think hopefully once New Year hits and Christmas is over, we can start um, looking into some of the other games that I've gotten up and played a great deal of. Um, done a couple of online matches between three. I've already announced that there's new maps and um, the first big run coming, which is interesting. Big one's kind of like all the maps and stages of Splatoon getting overrun by Salmonids, so it'll be interesting to see how that does play. Um, but yeah, very much looking forward to seeing when that arrives. Um, and yeah, just want to say, if you want to find me online, um, Twitter is at chrisoris 37 my YouTube channel is ChrisReactor1. Uh, so YouTube.com calls forward slash ChrisReactor1. Um, yeah, make sure you check out my videos. I've got lots of gameplay videos that's gone up. Especially Sonic Frontiers, Scarlet and Vi uh, Pokemon Scarlet, uh, Violet even. And um, Bayonetta 3 are the most recent ones I've got. Um, so yeah, make sure you kind of check those out and see what you let me know what you think. Um, don't forget to check out the Game Junkies. They've been doing a lot of Pokemon stuff in preparation for Scarlet and Violet launching of lots of rankings and um, intense discussions going on with those kind of things. Um, they normally release alter weekends to me, so make sure you give them a check out if you're looking for my latest episode. They're normally up instead of me if I'm not on. Um, but a great team with Matt, Alex and Kerry. A lot of fun. Um, and yeah, definitely uh, worth a listen. And yeah, so I was going to say thank you for still listening if you still are. And until next time, I'll speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Bye. is a Mass Attack production for Visionaries Global Media.